Thank you all for joining us again for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I am your host, Coach Chelsea, and tonight I got a lot of co-hosts, okay? Y'all say hello to Hendrix. I've learned that we train up a child in the way that we were having to go, and tonight I got her with me. So Hendrix, say hello to the folks. She chilling. But y'all, I'm super excited about tonight. I try my best, and I always say this not to be biased, but in this mission of God to create servant leaders and to mirror and show what servant leadership truly is. Tonight, we have an amazing servant leader with us. This is servant leader, Dr. Benny Bolden. I'm telling y'all, we go way back. All right. I've been blessed to actually be under the leadership of him. So it's not because I read a bio. It's not because I just watched him. I watched him do and I watched him serve as he led me. And so I'm thankful he is a man of the cloth. He's a man of God. He's a servant leader. He's a husband. He's a father. And he has transformed an institution down here, NIMS Middle School. He is the head of NIMS Middle School. And watching him just uh, lead, it just really is just warming my heart to say this, man. And I'm just so thankful to have you here. So I'm going to pass the torch to you to say hello to our listeners, and we're going to get this conversation started. Hello, everybody. I am so excited about being here tonight, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. Thank you, so much, Miss Johnson, for this opportunity uh, to be. Oh, excuse me, your married name. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, I go there. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. You're good, brother. Yeah, man, we've been, this is actually the second anniversary month. And we've been talking about how servant leaders need to put on the whole armor of God, yeah. as the words say that, so that they may be able to sin, right? <laughs> And so like you and I talked about before we came on is just truly showing servant leaders what it means to walk in it, not just talking, but walk in it. I want you to open up and talk a little bit about just yourself, your journey into this servant leadership role, how you got here. Some people see where we are and they don't took a journey. Talk to us a little bit about your journey. Well, a little bit from about me. I am from Miami, Florida. I grew up in a single parent home. I oftentimes tell people I grew up in the most religious home there is. I grew up under the apostolic faith. And so my mom uh, had us going to church very religiously. And, you know, Pentecostal, we stay in church from 3 o'clock p.m. to 12 o'clock a.m., you know. Oh, you already know. <laughs> <laughs> they call that prayer and terror service. Uh, and we did that Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, uh, and so on and so forth. Um, but I quickly realized that even in my upbringing, I knew the Lord of my mom. I didn't have an experience of knowing God for myself. Come on. And that changed my trajectory because I knew the God that was delivered to me from the hands or from the platform of my mother. Um, and so I needed to understand that God for myself. I came to college. I came here on a music scholarship. 
And I told you, I grew up in the most religious home. So, you know, no nail polish, no pants in the house, no radio, you know, the movies was a sin. And I'm not knocking it uh, because I think it gave us foundation. However, um, it almost pushed me away from the idea of God. Um, and so I came to college trying to get away from that thought process. Um, but, you know, sometimes he already got a hold of you. I remember going to being invited to church reluctantly, and um, there was this uh, performing group performing, and they, um, and then I went through the whole service, but when this performance group got up, they start doing this monologue, um, and behind the monologue was that whining song, tomorrow, I give my life tomorrow, Come on now. thought about it today. So much easier to say. And then and then the song, the song goes, it says, uh, tomorrow, who promised you tomorrow? And Come then it now. ends with, tomorrow very well, it might be too late. And I remember crying because I needed to now be on this self-discovery because I was fearful of death. And that's a dangerous place to be in when you are fearful of death. Because when I know I'm wrapped in God, then death ain't the final say. So I needed to get beyond that point. And so it put me on a journey on a self-discovery. And I studied all religions. I studied Buddhism and, and, and uh, uh, atheism. I studied uh, Islam faith. I studied all of them. And then I found out there was only one true and living God. And Come that's on now. what got me to this point. Because Come on now. I never, I, I stopped knowing God based on my mom. I knew him now for myself. It's like the old mothers would say, I tried him for myself. Come on now. I found him to be. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And in that experience, it put me on a journey because I knew how to be a leader. I didn't know how to be a servant. And those are two very different definitions. When you couple the two together, it encompassed that I'm walking now in that truth that we talked about. Uh, Because leadership in its own right is, I can lead, I can tell people what to do, but a leader must die first to himself in order to serve in that role of leadership. And it gives you a whole different kind of connotation. I remember uh, going to some of those lowest points in my life. I had been a man who lived in a single parent home, been molested as a child, um, uh, uh, you know, feeling like I don't belong, um, but yet and still God had a coloring book that he was using to color this world with this broken crayon. Come on now. And so I needed to understand this self-discovery that I was on. And so I had to find God in a very different way. And um, it is in those experiences, I remember being homeless, um, even in college. Most people don't even know that. I got evicted out of the dorm rooms at Florida A&M University and, and, um, and going through that struggle. And my mom couldn't help and things of that nature. And I, and I just, I remember that time and I remember sitting in the park bench and I said, well, God, if you God, then where are you? I couldn't understand this whole deity, you know, and you supposed to be God. And I felt somebody hold me like never before. I remember a shooting star. I remember that experience. And so where I am today is a journey of that, of going down to my lowest point to understand, understand what servant means in order to be a leader. And so sometimes God has to do that slingshot mentality. He has to pull you way back before he can shoot you forward. And so it put me on that self-discovery. You better say that. (laughs) Come on now. 
<laughs> Don't you start. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm laughing because you got him all riled up. <laughs> the Lord had already decided to use you early, okay? So I'm saying her amens and everything down here. But I'm telling you, there's so many things that I tell people all the time, we see the glory moments. Yeah. But people fail to ever see the story moments. They feel that it was a microwave process to this place that they see us now, right? Mm -hmm. But I do also believe that there's another layer to that. As servant leaders, we have to ensure that we show people those story moments. Right. I was laughing to my students the other day and I said, it's so funny, ladies. I said, guys, not that you don't, but ladies, when we take selfies, how many do we take before we say, okay, this is the one I'm gonna post up, okay? Right? right? And that is how the world thinks things is. They think they are, right? But that's not the case. I may take 50 frames before I post the one that you see. And that's life. I go through things. But if I don't show people my story, they won't understand my glory. And you said it best, that slingshot method. God sometimes has to pull you way back. Yes, sir. you forward. And I appreciate you for that. The yeah. other question you said and I tell people this all the time, that broken crayons still color. They showed you. I had to ensure that this coloring book that God created for me, that he was going to use these broken crayons to color. And it's that right there that leads people to Christ. That It's that transparency right there that leads, because they say, man, wait, I didn't know that about Dr. Bowden. He did all that. I didn't know that about Mr. Bowden. He did all that. Come on now. And then watch you and they say well maybe i can do that too i've been through this but if he got through that maybe there's a story out there for me too absolutely absolutely it's that thought process that one story but god a testimony it says one man watereth another man and god gives the increase you know one man planted mm -hmm. another man water and god gives the increase and so it's important what i felt like the church had stopped doing is being transparent about who they were you know it's one thing for us to be saved and then become an elder or a preacher or a pastor and then forget that I was once human or still human, and then stop telling the story of the testimony of Jesus. Everywhere they went, he said, build me an altar right where you stand. In other words, tell somebody else where you standing at about your journey, because they too are in the middle of a struggle. And it's so imperative that we share our struggles, our shortcomings, our failures, but yet the testimony that comes behind it and said, if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. People don't know I'm down here in Tallahassee. But see, I know what you're doing over there at NIMS Middle School, okay? And I want you to talk a little bit about what people need to understand where servant leadership meets the transformation of God's people. See, people get a, a, a position and a title, but they don't understand that that is an assignment of God. And when I watch you, you're on an assignment of God. Please talk to us a little bit about your servant leadership role as a principal and what it means to you to transform God's young people and what that means to you to be a servant leader under that realm. Okay, so let me look at this from twofold. One, I'm going to give you the scripture reference, and it talks about, um, you know, pulling on the full armor of God. We talked about all of that in that Ephesians 6 and, uh, and all of that, standing against the wise of the devil and all. But what's significant about those particular scriptures is verse 14. It says, stand therefore having your loins gird about with truth. I'm on now interesting to me that that he would start off the text talking about your loins like we're talking about breastplate we're talking about helmet we're talking about sword and the first thing paul go to is having your loins your secret place covered in truth if we look at that from a natural sense the first thing we need to cover is that thing that would expose us 
So what do we cover it or expose or cover it in? And that is the truth of who God is. But I can't walk in truth if I don't know what that truth is. So oh, I now. can't lead if I'm not governed by the truth that should be covering my loins. Uh, and so if we don't build the foundation of truth, then we don't have, we have armor, but it's void of power. And so I knew I didn't want to be a leader that had on armor without no power. We know that to be true because when David went to go fight the Philistines and he was dealing with Saul and he Talk went about to it. Saul, you know, and Saul, and he said, Saul, Saul said, bring David down to me. And David now walking in that truth, having his loins, he was telling Saul, I am Jesse's boy. I am the same man who fought the lion in the bear that came to deal with the sheep and the lamb. I am that same guy. It's something about when you walk in truth, it gives you a sense of boldness that even when you don't have no armor on, that boldness come up out of your spirit. Come on now. Walking in truth. And I can't tell with this truth. Saul responds to David, blows my mind. He's like, okay, yeah, let him go. Because at first he said, he's a young boy. He can't go. He said, yes, send him. And then he says, go in the name of your father. Oh God, isn't that something? You walking in truth, make people believe in a God they don't even know. Come on here. (laughs) They believe the very words out of your mouth because your truth speaks to their spirit. And so for me, Coming into this scenario, whereas um, I believe um, had a stain on it, and I'm going to say it like this, Um, it's like your best outfit. You got that mustard stain, but it's still your best outfit. (laughs) I can't get that stain stain out. I still wear that outfit because it's my best outfit, but I got the stain in it. And that's what I felt about the prospect of NIMS. We had been stained from information that people knew about us. And we could never really walk into the trueness of who we are because of the stain of what we once was. So I I had to change the perception of the stain. And if you put, uh, you know, a microphone, a micro glass on the stain, then that's all people see. But I needed to expose the entirety of the outfit. So the stain didn't become what would people see about Nims Middle School. So that whole perception had to change. Um, there's a story I was watching on Netflix, and it talked about how this young man wanted to be a thug, a, 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 a gang banger, because that's all he's seen the first seven years of his life. Um, and he didn't see anything else. So he was fixated on the idea that he wanted to be this pimp, this, this streetwalker, this I, I wanted to be that particular person because that's all I see. And then I thought about it here. Well, I need to give them a different perspective. Perspective. I needed to become an image that they now see, even though I'm void of the first seven years. I got three years. So I came into this building and I remember declaring to God, if you go send me here, then every demon that's in this place got to stand outside. Come on now. Within the eight hours that I got them, now, they can jump back in them when they get out of here, but in, <laughs> in this building, we're going to walk around in truth. And so even without the breastplate or the helmet or the sword, I needed to wrap my loins in truth. But what is that truth? That's integrity and character. We have to walk in those things in order to really reveal to another generation who God is. Because some of them will never read a Bible. 
but they'll see me every day. So integrity and character must be blowing. It must be a part of who I am wrapped around in me. So when I say something, they believe me. Truth is nothing but trust. <laughs> and so that's the, the concept and thought process I wanted to have coming into this building to make sure that they had a, an integral look about what truth is and really what trust is. I didn't want to be another man that walked away from them, another father, another auntie, another uncle, another boyfriend who came and left. I wanted to know their name. I needed to know, and not just them, because adults need this truth too. They need that level of trust too. And so I needed to love on them. I needed to know that their son was sick and I still questioned and asked him about it the next day. They needed to know that somebody simply cared. And we came into this building every day. And I knew this assignment is ministry. And if I can't get this right, ain't no sister going nowhere else. <laughs> Come on now. Like you done said, a whole mouthful over here. And I think the biggest thing with that, that you recognize, and what I want to target real quick is, as you just said, sometimes we are the only Bible people are going to read. And the only God people are going to see. We can't lead defeated. We can't lead defeated. Come on now. So Come if on. I'm not properly, properly healed within myself, sometimes it's difficult to lead others to a promised land that I, but oftentimes in this perspective of Christianity, you have to pick up your cross and follow him. That level of love, I changed the emblem of our logo to care, hope, and love. The ability to care, other, care for others with a significant amount of hope that they too can, but encroached in the idea of love. If I'm going to lead effectively, I have to do it in a space of love. We oftentimes forget that in leadership or in the church, in Christendom. It talks about all of these gifts of the spirit, you know, the fruit of the spirit. It talks about um, and the gifts of the spirit, the, you know, speaking in tongue and prophecy and all of those things. But we forget at the, at the end of Corinthians, it says, but the greatest of all of these is love. And so in order for me to be effective in the idea of leadership, I must do it under the umbrella of love. And how do we do that? Significantly showing people we simply care about them, their needs, their whereabouts, um, when they leave this building, when they return to this building on the weekend, I think it's paramount to the idea of a servant leader. Um, can you really grow somebody in love? That's a, that's a strong ability to do so. And, and, and even when you're chastising them, you know, uh, the Bible says God chastised those he, whom he loves. And so it's imperative that we do this in an image of God uh, and, and showing forth our love in this process of leadership. And how do we do that? By building people. Not getting rid of people. The idea is not just, all right, you, I, me and you don't work. You get away from me. Oh, now. How do I do that? I must build them. And, and then on top of that, I can't be intimidated by the gift that God has sent me to train. Come on now. <laughs> but here's the one thing about what I do know. Your gift, it, let me use you as a, an example. I don't care if anybody come to your practice. You can go and they can do your book and do your play-by-play -play and do everything you do. They can uh, you know, try to imitate you as best as they can. 
but it will never be effective until I become a servant leader walking in that truth and then use those principles. I can use principles all day long. That's ineffective. But if I do it with principle and truth, then you create the, the power that comes along with the, the, the principles of the, of the, uh, the, of the uh, full arm of God, that whole thought process. I have to activate that with truth, with love, with the commandments, with the principle of being a servant. That's how we get the benefit. So people can look at the school and say, I'm going to go over to my school and I'm going to do everything Benny did. It becomes ineffective because you need my God to go along with my gift. Come on now. <laughs> you, Don't you, you start now. All day long. But what you, see, what you see is not Benny. What you see is the fruit of the gift. <laughs> Wrapped in love. I can love you through now. your thing. I can love you through your situation. I can love you and leave. But you still need the gift to go along with it. Come on. And I think more than anything, even just reiterating what you're saying, that is why so often when individuals from the outside looking in pay attention to the success of others, right? It's so easy to get jealous. Yeah. So easy to try to covet. It's so easy to try to figure out why am I not where they are? Right. Even if we try to emulate. Right. We try to duplicate. You said it best. You got to have my God. Yeah. My God goes along with my gift. It goes hand in hand. You know, there's certain food places, fast food places where I like one thing, but I don't like what comes with it. Oh. <laughs> but it comes with it, right? You know, it, 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 they, they made it to the point now where if I just get the entree, it's more expensive than just getting the combo. Right? <laughs> so I'll go and I say, well, I don't really particularly like their sides or their fries, but it comes with it. It right. comes with it. Woo. Comes it's with it. It's all so in itself. Come on here. So you can go ahead and you can try to duplicate, em, you emulate, take, steal, whatever it is. It comes with it. Come on. It comes with it. Hey, <laughs> I'm going to send you a shirt over there to Nancy. Yes, it comes with it. Yes, Come on. <laughs> the run <laughs> See, I can't be fooling up with you. <laughs> now, now I know why the Samaritan woman ran back into the city and said, y'all got to come meet this man because it came with it. <laughs> hey, like, the y'all, it came with it. Just preach that for his next sermon. Yes, no. It started here first. Yes, sir. Yes, I'm going to preach that. I guarantee I'm going to preach come that. Come on here. And I'm going to tell you, for those ministers and pastors and whoever giving a word for Easter, you can have that one, too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want you to understand that along the way, when he healed the woman with the issue of blood, right? Uh, uh, blind man. See, listen, you know what he came for. He yeah. came to go on that rugged cross to die for our sin. But that other stuff was a byproduct because it came with it. Come on My now. Lord. My Lord, that that that, that messed me up right there. Come yeah. on now. Benediction at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, I love it. I love I'm it. I'm so love glad it. I'm saved. That, I, and I tell people that all the time, and I don't say that loosely. I am. Because all of the benefits that come along with this with this lifestyle and that, that whole thought, um, and we, we, we're just having a good time, that it came with oh, it. Yeah. It says a lot. It came with the cross. It came with my yes, Lord. It came with my dying to myself. It came with the sacrifice and the trials. It came with all the things that happened in my oh, past. All of that came with it. And so now you look today and say, well, she doing this and she got a podcast and she got a, but you don't understand all the hell I had to go through in order to get this moment 
and you still man. mad and you mad about that now he ain't even done yet come on now if this and level is pissing you off <laughs> come on and see and then you said a whole word there because i think you know uh steve harvey says it and he's so amazing when he speaks sometimes and he says we're gonna be so thrown when we get to heaven yeah and we're gonna walk through and God's going to show us this whole line of gift boxes just wrapped so nicely and plain. And we're going to say, God, what is that? And he says, those are all the blessings you didn't tap into because you paid uh, to somebody else's. And, and that's so powerful. Um, I remember, I'm a, this is a true story. I remember having a friend um, who I love dearly. And I used to pray, well, God bless them, bless them, bless them, because they was different and i knew my friend and i knew if i got blessed then they would you know feel some kind of way and that also god bless them bless them bless them and i went on that journey for a long time bless them it, we was both praying for something similar and i kept saying god no do them first do them first don't do me skip me go to them and i thought in my mind i was doing the right thing and then one day i had an epiphany and i said well god i'm tired of holding up myself for me praying for what you're not ready to give them. And so I said, don't hold my blessing for account of me thinking that I'm doing something well or doing something right. It's that scripture that says they pray amiss or clinging symbols. It's that whole thought process. And so I said, God bless me. Two weeks later, I got this very job I've been praying for for them to have two weeks for a whole two years. And I and it taught me something in that area. They might be on the list but they're not ready because it's something God's still working on on the inside. So don't be ashamed that it's your time to move because you have passed the test. What I don't want to do is get to the point that God has to pick me up because I failed the test and take me seven spots back and say, now start again here because you keep failing this assignment. No, 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 no. I want to pass every test you give me so that I can continue on on my journey. I don't want to get stuck and get complacent here because if I don't, then there's other souls that's tied to me that I'm missing this opportunity. Come on. Because I'm worried about everybody else. It's, it's something about, and I know this to be true because when we get to heaven, you talk to it, you're going to have a very individualized moment with God. Is either you did or you didn't. Nobody else standing in line. I joke sometimes that's at right. church, and, and I say at church, when we get to heaven, we all going to be in line. And I say, some of y'all in this church, I don't even want y'all to talk to me in line. I'm being in line like this. I'm <laughs> that's right, that's don't right. Don't bother me. Don't say nothing to me. I didn't know you on earth. No, no, we don't know you. <laughs> I don't want to be associated with you, okay? <laughs> I already got to explain some stuff to the Father. I don't want you on my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yes, so it's that same thought process. How do we take that into our normal life? God bless them. But don't stop the blessing and the favor over my life because I'm waiting on them. And there's nothing wrong with that. As Christians that save people, it's important for us to pray for them. But yet still, God, get me to the place you would have me to go. And sometimes, sometimes they won't go to the heights that you're going to. But don't limit yourself with the people around you that you must stay in this pond when he's trying to take you to an ocean. <laughs> oh, that one, <laughs> that one just hit right here. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, 
Come on, you know, when you were saying that, I was like, so growing up, and even now, you know, my mom, when she would cook for all of us, there's certain, I'm not a picky eater. There's just certain things I don't eat, right? Um, and it's not many, it's just certain things. So if she would make salad, she would make mine first because she had to leave tomatoes and all those other things out. And pretty much the size of it is lettuce, cucumber, and whatever meat was my salad, right? If I were eating breakfast, she would do mine because I don't want eggs, okay? And so she would be making place. But sometimes this would be in the midst of other family members and other people that did not know this, right? And I'm referencing that waiting in line and letting people go by. So what would happen is I would be standing there waiting. And people say, you can go, baby. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll wait. You can go, baby. Go ahead. I'll wait. And I not realizing I'm waiting on my mama who already has me because she has to fix my plate in the way that it needs to go. It wasn't ready yet. Right. Because the plate she was making for me didn't have eggs on. No, you preaching. <laughs> making for me didn't have tomatoes and and all peppers and onions on it. And so while they were paying attention to me, and as you say, sometimes letting that compassion get in the way, mine, my gift, my blessing, my what was going to feed me was being prepared. Yes, sir. They were sitting there saying, go ahead, baby. You go first. Go ahead, baby. The line was skipping them every single time. And plates were being passed out and things were running out. Don't let y'all blessings run out. Wait no other That's it. That's a whole message. It's it okay to be selfish when it's God's, when it's your turn, it's your turn. Let me go ahead and help somebody. Listen, listen, it's, it's okay. It's okay to sit there and let God prepare the table that's ready for you. Don't, know it. don't be in a rush to get any plate. I don't want any plate. I want the plate <laughs> for me. The father was working on my plate. Oh, God help me. <laughs> I don't, here we go. I don't need the plate. He's, no, no. He was Come on working here. on the plate prescribed just for me. Yes. <laughs> over, over yes, sir. This plate. I don't want your plate. <laughs> Come on, because my God dwells in fine dining. Yes. <laughs> My God dwells in fine dining. Okay. Yes, Come on here. And he will even send you away with a to-go plate. <laughs> All right. It was funny. I said this. I'm going to say this before I move to my next thing for you. I said this. This is a while back ago. And he, and he gave it to me. And it was funny at the time. And I was taking a to-go plate. Uh, you know, all I do pretty much now is just pick up orders. Um, I don't really bring him out yet. And so I laughed because I said, it's so funny, but I need you to understand. I, I got my doggy bag. I don't went to order the food, went to pick it up and left stuff. How I'm paid for the food and left what I came to get, right? Listen, ma'am, ma'am, don't leave your doggy bag. And I said, that is so funny. I said, I'm so focused on everything else. I'm gonna leave that behind, but I need us to understand. We got to work while it's day. Yes. I used to always say, you got to work while it's day because when night comes, right. no man can work. Right. So don't leave this life with your doggy bag. You can't take it with you. You they need used to sing this song back in the church back in the day. This is real old. Don't let him catch you with your work, with your undone. work undone. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> That's that old soul. <laughs> Come on here. Yes, I want to I wanna switch gears for a minute, right? And talk about servant leadership, right? Because it takes on so many different definitions and so many different roles. Mm -hmm. But you talked about this as you opened up. And I want to delve into that a little bit because we have leaders who think they're leaders because of the title that they've been given. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about servant leadership, what that truly means, what that truly looks like, 
and that that remembering that you're on an assignment from God. So, so assignment, an assignment from God. So, so I did a, a leadership conference just the other day, and we was talking about leadership. Um, and it talked about it on the on the PowerPoint. It talks about problems leaders have. Um, and we, in our mind, if I can use me as an example, I'm a principal, I'm a preacher, I'm an adjunct professor at FSU, I'm a doctorate, you know, I have a doctoral degree. Those are titles. But if we never view that title differently, then we become trapped in the idea of leadership, not servant leadership. And so what I really should be as a principal, I'm really a servant. As a preacher, I'm a leadership developer, we, a spiritual developer. As a professor, I'm an opportunity provider. And we have to look at those thought process differently. When we look at our titles, our individual titles as a priest, as a principal, then I'm looking at myself. You're looking at uh, a, a preacher. You're looking at career aspirations. You're looking at personal growth. But when I look at the servant, the leadership developer, the opportunity provider, now it makes me view people, not me. It makes me look at people. It Someone. makes me look at their career aspirations. It makes me imagine their growth because I can't really say I'm a leader if nobody has ever developed under my leadership. So it, it changed the thought process. The idea of servant simply means to serve. Serve who? Serve people, serve their career goals, serve their aspirations. It's, it's funny to me because we have a lot of leaders with a lot of titles. And sometimes I ask people who are around me, well, who, who has benefited from their leadership? Who, who is now affectionately in a better place today as a result to their leadership? That's when you tap into servant leadership because I don't grow, they grow. And if they grow, then God sees me. It's like this. It's like when he talked about when you fast, you don't have to make it a clarion call that you fast. Or when you pray, you go in your secret closet and you come on now. And come then on. the blessings comes to pour on you, but you do it secretly. See, I can lead secretly by making you look who you are and creating avenues for you to lead. I, I oftentimes tell people, even in, in this particular establishment, if you come on my campus, you'll never be able to see the difference between the principal and the APs because I'm not intimidated by their gift. And if God put me here, then it's my job to put them in, in predicaments where they get an opportunity to lead, not me, not because I have the title. And here is what I do tell my leaders. I tell my APs, my dean, you go make a decision. If it's wrong, I'm going to do you like the father. I'm going to bring you in the room. I'm going to love on you and tell you what you did wrong and send you right back out the door and say, now lead again. That's servant leadership. Leadership says, I'm the man. I'm the boss. Everybody come through me. Servant leadership says, you are the man. You are the woman. You go lead oh and let me provide opportunities so that you become the one that's developed in this process. Somebody else should grow. We should be leaving breadcrumbs alone. This is what Jesus did with his disciples. He said, y'all couldn't pray with me for just a moment when he was on his way to the Garden of Gethsemane. He was talking to the very people who was going to lead after he left, but he had to show them what leadership looked like. And so he said, pray with me, not for me. Pray with me. As a leader, we do this together. With is the word that we need to look at, not I do as I do because I am the leader. It's a difference in thought process. That, I believe, is what a servant leader is.
Y'all, he gonna sit here and say all that and just fade off. Like, <laughs> okay. See, that's why I can't do him. But I, but I love that the best way that you said it. Leadership says I'm the man. I'm the woman. I did that. We laugh all the time on Coach Carter, uh, that line, my godparents, everything. You know, Lisa Mitchell. Yeah. Like, I did that, right? I shot that shot. I made that basket, right? Yeah. Leadership, yeah. right? But to be able to allow them to lead, recognizing that how they do better. I'm put, I'm preparing, we talk about preparing the table. Yes. I'm gonna make sure that I make things so plain. Yeah. I'm make sure that I create such a great experience that I can fade back like a proud parent. Yes. And go forth. Yeah. And then when I need to correct you, I don't have to correct you out and open. I don't have to correct you to tear you down. Right. Let's go back and do this thing again. Right. Let's go back to the factory and let's do this thing again. And when we can do that, this is a time of hiring and firing season for athletics. And the beauty of it is though, that it's almost like a beauty for ashes moment that even though some people are losing jobs, I love every day when I see welcome home and it's yeah. a head coach in another place. And the best ones are the ones that have been assistant coaches. Shout mm-hmm. out to uh, Coach Brooke um, yeah. Wyckoff at uh, Florida State who has just now transitioned to head coach, right? Um, and, and same thing there that I, that, I, that I pay attention to that, that it's like I watched. Yeah. And Coach Sue's not sitting there like, yep, that was because of me. Yep, right. I, I right. showed Coach Sue was the most humble person sitting at that press conference when they introduced her. Why? Yeah. Because there wasn't a boast. Yeah. She understood her assignment as her leader. And now she can sit, she can sit and say, servant, well done. It is your turn. It's your turn. Oh, as my mom used to say, when I clip your wings and you're released to fly, I don't have to sit there and try to catch you. I know you're ready. Yeah. That's servant leadership. Yep. It's, it's that idea of an ego. You know, we talked about, you know, that bird and the significance and how powerful it is. But that mother throw that baby out. And it teaches them in danger, in trial, in tribulation, how to fly and how to maneuver. That same bird can go to the clouds, can see into the ocean a fish that's underneath the water. But so that same bird starts off as a baby, broken, young, immature, but still thrown out the nest in order to learn how to develop. And so I think it is significantly important for leaderships to develop those eagles. And you have to give them those moments where you throw them out the nest and let them learn how to fly. And something about that mother, she can stand there at the edge of that, that bed or that home and watch her child fly. But just like God, I won't let you die. Come on now. Come on now. Let you die. But I'm going to take you to the edge of it because it grows something in you. It develops you. And I think that's what servant leadership is. Somebody did it for us. Somebody did it for you. Somebody did it for me. Somebody gave us those opportunities to allow us the opportunity to learn how to fly. But the problem here is we get so engulfed in the idea of the title of leadership that we forget that that very job is to develop others. And that's where we get that crab in the bucket scenario. When everybody's pulling on everybody and everybody's trying to pull you down and you wonder why people talking about you behind your back. Uh, let me, let me, let me, let me deal with that real quick. <laughs> Do your thing. <laughs> so, sometimes people ask me all the time and I hear comments about Benny Bowden all the time. And he said, well, you never comment about it. And I say, well, honesty needs no defense. 
I never heard Jesus fuss about something he knew was true. He didn't, he didn't get into arguments. He didn't waste his time. He told his mother as a little boy, don't you know about my father's business? I'm not going back and forth with you, woman. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I'm living my best life. <laughs> he ain't doing that. And so once you start walking in that same truth we talked about earlier, then you void of comments. You void of experiences that throws you from your ability to lead. And you leave from a different place, void of the understanding that I'm, if you don't live by the applause of man, you won't die from their criticism. Come on now. And so I don't live for the applause of man, so their criticism don't get to me. But the idea is when I leave this place, is my work complete? Can God look at me and say, well done, you ready for the next assignment? Or is he gonna say, Pick you back and say, here, now you got to start again because you missed your assignment. And my assignment is people. It is people in this very building. Before I leave NIMS, I want to make sure everything of my assignment is here. And I tell the leadership, I tell the teachers, I tell this administration team, the next great leaders are coming out of our Frank NIMS Middle School. That doesn't make me look good. It makes them look good. And why? Because I want them to lead. I want them to take over this district, even if they become my boss. That's servant. Uh oh, I don't mess somebody up. That's Come servant on, leadership. <laughs> At its finest. At its finest. Can you lead them to a place of development, even if it surpassed you? <laughs> now, look now, you done stepped on some toes, then. I know, I know, I know. Because <laughs> we don't want to do this. A lot of leaders don't want to do that. We don't want to mm -mm. do that. I don't want my assistant coach to be a better coach than me. Why not? Mm. <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm 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 so thankful that there were so many coaches um, who not only coached me, but also who brought me into the coaching spectrum, right? Even on my staff, these are women who are names on banners, mm -hmm. you know. These are women who have won championships, transformed programs, and now they're there to help me. Why? Because I need experience. Mm -hmm. it, you can't help me win when you don't know what winning feels like or how to cultivate winning. You can't help me build if you never build anything. Right. But their humility says this. It's not about, oh, well, now I... I was a head coach and I did this. Now I'm her assistant. Mm -mm. That's not what we're doing. Mm -hmm. See, we're standing behind you so we can push and catapult you forward. Yes, sir. That's serving leadership. That is. My young ladies that all the time because I don't want them to miss that. Yeah. Please don't let the title of head coach behind my name make you forget or not realize who you have here to help you. Right. And every year I read all the way down the accomplishments yeah. of these women yeah. so they know look it's not don't get it twisted yeah right yeah. but servant leadership piece to say i'm okay with chelsea yeah. moving to head coach i'm okay with chelsea moving forward why because they just like you sitting back and watching it's so. like coach suda brooks sitting back and watching knowing that my leadership was not in vain yeah the leadership is like leadership is like a car that's sitting in a roundabout. I make people laugh with this when we go to Swanee. And see, you feel me on this. When I tell people this, that's in New York mm -hmm. and 
in Kentucky and all this, they don't get it because they don't understand. But you know, we got to go to Swanee every year. And there's this roundabout being in that just, it throws me. I can drive, I know directions, but it's something about this roundabout that no matter how many times we've gone, I've been at Godby since 2013. I don't care how many times we go, I'm always messed up about which turn of the roundabout to get out. Mm -hmm. And so what ends up happening is we'll keep going in the circle. Even my coaches just go ahead and say, she'll find it and they go on the right way while I'm still going in the circle. <laughs> is because I'm trying to do it my way and I'm so focused on me trying to go to the next level, I'm going in circles. Yeah. I'm moving in circles because there is nothing that I'm doing to help anyone else move forward. Right. Servant leadership says, just like you said, I don't care, right? Because what God has for me is for me. And so if right. it's that person to move and now go ahead of me by title, right? as a servant leader, I've done my job. Why? Because it has moved them from good to great. Correct. Correct. That's golden, man. I, that is. that You said a mouthful. That round in circles, round in circles. And we shooting ourselves in the foot and never getting to the next place of excellence because we're so worried about what's coming behind us. But what's behind us should be developed to a place of glory. Come on. And it's okay, and it's okay to lead together. It's a marriage. We we walk hand in hand. We in this thing together. You know, and at and the end of the day, who wins? The people, the students, the kids, the the under the people that God got us serving are looking at true servant leadership. So they too can be developed into true uh, servant leadership. And we forget that oftentimes there's a generation behind the generation that we're training. That's watching. They're not even in the seat of training. They're in the seat of watching. And we got to be careful with that process because they're watching what we perceive to be leadership or servant leadership. And that is that of servitude. And I'm okay with your success. I'm okay with pushing you forward. I'm okay. There is not a job, whether I agreed with them or not, that I didn't become a servant. I knew it was my time to become a principal because I was comfortable serving. Come on. I wasn't in a rush. I'm going to be honest with you. I got married late in life, but I was comfortable being single. Come I got on. into a place of comfortability. Come on. That's when God moved me. Come on. I was comfortable serving. <laughs> so leadership didn't throw me because I was comfortable in my number two role. I was comfortable with making you look good. I was comfortable with pushing you. I was comfortable with addressing your needs. I was comfortable with that. And then God said, now that's the spirit I can use. That's the spirit I can move into the seat. So now when people see this, they say, man, what is all of that? That's the gift that comes along with being comfortable as a servant. And then we use that word, even in marriage, you know, you have to submit to your, to your spouse and that whole, and I remember having that conversation with my wife and all of that, all of that thought process. Submit ain't an ugly word. We make it an ugly word. That's it's right. not an ugly word. Submit means I'm going to sit here while God fixed my plate. Come on here. <laughs> Come on now. But while I'm here, I might as well make your plate. Since you want me to serve, I can make your plate because my leadership capacity doesn't take the idea of servitude away from me. Yes. The scripture says, let the greatest among you do what? It said, serve. It didn't serve. say me. Come I on. can serve you your plate while God make my table. Ooh. So you fighting on my plate and he's working on the table. I want Come my on, table. Yeah. I don't want your plate. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> See, that's just it. 
I laugh. I'll never forget. I, I, I I'm the youngest. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, as kids, we we won't. That's not fair, right? It's not fair. You gave this, and you ain't give that. And I'll never forget feeling. I don't even remember what the item was. You get around your cousins. And my mama said, "Baby," I was like, "That's not fair. I didn't get one. I didn't. I, but I didn't get one. Come in. Now I'm upset." And she said, "Come on, come, 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 come here. Go in the room." She said, "Well, you don't need this because I got a whole box for you." Yes. <laughs> See, that's what God will do for you if you, like you said, if you get in a place of being comfortable with serving, every year at the end of the year, we do a coaches award, right? So we have all our different awards that we give, offensive player, defensive player, all this. We do a coaches award, and that's the only gift, that's the only award that I present. Everything mm-hmm. else I allow the young ladies to vote because I feel they need to learn how to give credit where credit is due. Right, correct. So when parents said, well, how did y'all do that? They voted. They played because they need to learn how to be able to bow to another woman or bow to another man and say, hey, that's your credit. You did that. Right. And I'm okay with that. Right. But see, just like what you explained, they're sitting there, right? And it's the best thing. They clapping, clapping. And see, understand this. You can clap for somebody else and still want for you, right? Yeah. Not a mal- Nothing wrong with that. Right. Correct. right? And so I'm watching this young lady that year. She's clapping, clapping. I mean, and it's a genuine clap. Man, good job, man. Good job, good job, good job. Good job, good job, good job. But medallions are being handed out. Certificate after certificate is being handed out. And I don't coach at the why. We can definitely be in there. There's great people have opinions, but I teach life and in life, everybody doesn't get an award. Right, right. So we're passing them out, we're passing them out. And over time, I see her and she's genuinely happy for her teammates, but her table is empty. But she kept all program long. And I intentionally saved this award to the end. I intentionally, I want y'all to catch this. I intentionally and saved this, saved this award to the end. And as she sat there empty-handed, wow. she saw. After she clapped and cheered for everybody else, after she actually and legitimately served plates and picked some up plates and threw it in the trash, I said, and this year's Coaches Award goes to XYZ. And the look on her face just floored her. Why? Because I didn't get most valuable plate. Mm-hmm get most offensive player of the year I didn't get defensive player of the year I didn't even get the GPA award but see here's the thing in the end the head of this ship the leader the person that says the end all be all in terms of basketball y'all I ain't saying I got (laughs) the coaches award in the end what am I saying what I'm saying is when we get to a place where we can't cheer people on yes people get job promotions when we watch people get financial blessings have a family get married do these things succeed win whatever that looks like for you and you cannot cheer i beg you to keep cheering even if your desk seems empty even if that trophy doesn't come your way even if that job keeps rejecting you because here's the thing there's a coaching award at the end that says servant (laughs) so bump a trophy i can't take that with me Bump a certificate, I can't take that with me. Any amount of money, I can't take that with me. But when the head of that ship, when the leader of all things says, here's your coach's award, well done, my good and faithful servant. What I want, so keep clapping. That's the humbleness about being a servant, is I can celebrate you in your success. Ooh, come on now. In the back of my mind, I know mine's on the way. Come, if come on if here. you out the line and you got yours, I mm. just moved a step closer to the front of the line. I, I keep moving. So I you can ain't in the way. I 
can I can shout for your victory because he getting you out the way. That's it. He I'm gonna you, you on out the way because here I come. Drive through. Thank God for you, but you out the way. Listen, I laugh so hard and I can't because I'm I'm trying to move your butt forward to these last questions to get you out of here. You keep doing this. I laugh because one of the things I hate that that was created, Lord, forgive me if this was your will, but I just do not prefer them. The double drive-through, okay? If you know me, if you're on the phone with me, when I go through the double drive-through, get off, okay? Because right. I'm not servant leader-ish. I'm, I'm trying to do better, but the servant leader don't be in that line, okay? Is he still working on me? <laughs> He's working on me. He yeah. is. And, 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 and I just don't understand it. I get it, but I don't understand it. That why you would create two lanes that would then merge into one to end at the same space. Right, right. <laughs> and what, what happens? Right. I ordered, I heard the order before the person came to yours. Right. Soon as this person to the right finishes and I order first, what do they do? They try to rush on in. Oh, you're there. You're right. <laughs> so the other day, I don't eat McDonald's, but I wanted some fries. I go, so I'm going to get some fries before I go get ham. I hear myself order. I hear their microphone is blank. Their intercom is not saying a word. Mm-hmm. they order the line didn't move now the line moves truck tries to bogart and get in front of me i said okay chelsea this is your moment to do better mm-hmm. well, i relax get to the window i can't hear but i pay attention they gave the man my fries he drives off he then has to come back around and now wait in line again because he only has fries they get ready to hand me a bag. That bag had fries, Big Mac, <laughs> nuggets, all this stuff in it that I didn't want. I just wanted fries, okay? The man says, well, ma'am, I've handed it to you. And so because I handed it to you, you can go ahead and keep it. I can't take food back. Woo. <laughs> now, there's so many angles I can go with that. You're going to mess me up because I can preach <laughs> off that right now. So I'm going to leave it alone because my tentacles are riding. <laughs> There's so many angles I'm going to go with that. And I'm going to leave some of them with you. But what I'm trying to say is a testament to what you just said. Wait your turn. Yeah. And let others win and get out of the way. The blessing that's for you is going to fall right into your lap. But see, when you try to rush the process of God, when you try to bogart and cut somebody, undercut somebody because you want this, when you feel like talking or scandalizing somebody's name can help you move forward, what's going to happen is you're going to get something that's not for you. And what happens to a gift and a blessing that's not yours, it will never fit. Wow. Now, see, it used to be some shoes my sister would have or things my sister would have. And see, it, w- it wouldn't all the way fit. It would just do. Yes, sir. He's on for this movie or for this dinner. It'll make do. But I'm going to tell you, at the end of the night, my feet would hurt. <laughs> it's not mine. It's not so your- stop trying to bogard your way and wait your turn. Yeah. And if you wait your turn, that blessing that's on time and right for you is going to come. Yeah. And in my waiting, not only did I get my blessing of my fries, I got a Big Mac to give somebody. I got some nuggets to give somebody. I got an overflow for being patient and humble. But see, that's just like God. See, he put you in the predicament. And what you said to me was, this was a moment. And you said, okay, Chelsea. I need to, this is my moment. What you need is, is you pause and say, God, I know this is the area I'm working on. So I need your help. See, now what you need is you put God back in proper position. So what he did was, he not only gave you your table, but they played. (laughs) And then they mad. Oh, why you got that plate? 
I still got my table, but I got your plate too. Come on here. Come on here. Yes, sir. It's something about a servant leader that says, God, I want to be better than where I am. And then God said, now I can operate. I can flow in that anointing. And so you didn't just get your fries. You got day plate, your table, and you still got more on the way. (laughs) Because you're willing to say, God, I am trying to work on me. But I oftentimes tell people, don't get rid of people who are your Judases. Because he said, I have to prepare a table in the presence of. This is why it's strange to me that people be trying to get rid of or get people from around them that they're their Judases. I want Judas next to me. I want four five of them in this building. Because as long as you are here, I know my blessing is on the way. Come on I need here. you to be here. I need those experiences. And then my response dictate whether I'm still a servant leader or whether I'm a leader, because a leader going to try to get rid of them. A servant understood they are a part of the circle of life in this thing called Christendom, and they must be a part of the finite experience of me becoming the even greater servant leader. They must be a part. In order for me to get my table, they got to be present. I got to have a seat set up just for them. Come on. Come on. What do okay. they, they say when you enter a drawing? You must be present to what? You must be present to win. <laughs> I need you here. I want you here. I Come want on now. you here. God, don't take nothing away from me that's not go- that's gonna push, that's not pushing my blessing forward. And Come there on. are some people that's connected to you that is praying for you to move forward. They, they are there. And then there are some Judases, and it's okay. Jesus didn't get rid of Judas. The Bible says he kissed him. Mm. He said he kissed him. He understood what he, and then he looked at Judas and said, whatever you're getting ready to do, do it quickly. Come on. That was his text. So I got to learn from that experience, even in the idea that Jesus was getting ready to go to a cross, he was still trying to develop Judas. Isn't that something? As a leader, he was so conflicted by what he did. The Bible says he hung himself. Come on. It drove him crazy. Because Jesus was still, even on the cross, trying to save him. I know it to be so because the Bible says, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It's what he said on the cross. <laughs> but as servant leaders, we got to take that same mindset. Forgive them. They know not what they do. That's why he said, touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. It, it is okay to be in that place. But how I respond to it dictate where I am in Christendom and where I am in God. And that's why I, I don't take it personal. I need God to move in the atmosphere that he has created. But I don't want to make sure that I'm blowing a wind that's pushing God out and pushing me forward. Y'all, I can't with him. I, <laughs> you know, I'm going to get these two questions out, right? <laughs> these two questions I got to give you, right? Because right, go ahead, go ahead into servant leadership hall of fame before you get off here okay so the first one and i already know you're gonna i'm trying to brace myself because i already know how so the first one is a lot of times when we think about him preparing this table when we think about how good he's been right the truth and the fact of the matter is we are still human and so there are things that happen and the storm comes and the storm that comes he'll say you know hey benny wednesday good for you Mm -hmm. 
open for me to come bring the storm because is that right? Storm's going to blindside you. And so we have to remember what God is so that in those moments when it's a little bit harder to bear, in those moments when it's a little bit harder to wait my turn, I can remind myself that the same God back then is the same God right now. And so what I'll do in the mornings, I'll do my God is devotional where I'll just say God is, right? And I'll keep going, right? I'll, I'll get cold and keep going sometimes. And you, you know my principal and I'll be like, girl, you better get your butt to work, right? <laughs> so of course, you don't get a Rolodex. You just, and so if I drew a line behind me and I said God is, and I drew a blank, how would servant leader Benny Bolden fill that blank? God is what? What is he to you? Everything. Come on. Um, and the reason I have to say everything, and I know it sounds so, you know, cliche, but he is my everything. I can't imagine. I feel like I'm here on borrowed time. Um, I had an experience and just real quick, let me tell you a little bit about my testimony and, mm-hmm. and the reason why I'm telling this. Um, I had got sick a couple of years ago, six, seven, eight years ago now. Uh, I got sick, um, got unconscious. My wife was pregnant with my now uh, third grader. Um, and uh, I had cold blue twice. I was unconscious for 10 days. And I remember uh, going to the hospital. I remember being somewhat awake, but yet praying. Couldn't see anybody in the room. It was dark. I remember praying. And I said to myself, God, are you taking me now? You know, I feel like I didn't complete my work. You didn't let me see my daughter. You know, my wife was nine months pregnant. And here I am unconscious. Um, had to learn how to walk and talk again. Um, And I remember when I did come back to and was from being unconscious, I would write down all of my letters and say things to people because I had to write it, spelling words wrong and that whole sort of spell, Um, because it it, it does something to the psyche of the mind for you to not use your body for 10 days. Um, And so I remember in that time saying that quick prayer. When I woke up, it was 10 days later. There's a scripture that says a day is like a thousand days and a thousand days is like a day. That's the scripture. That whatever 10 second, 10, two minute prayer was 10 days in the spirit realm. I came back and forth. And then from that moment, I understood that in my life, I'm on borrowed time. And that's why he had become my everything. In this experience of being a servant leader, it's important for us, even when storms come, to rehearse your trial. You have to give back yourself the trial. If God brought me to the point of not only dying twice when my heart stopped. If he can do that, surely this storm ain't going to kill me. Come on here. And this is why the scripture says, build an altar here. In other words, rehearse the testimony about who God is. That's what you're telling the storm. He's the God, as David said, he's the God that delivered me from the lion. He's the God that delivered me from the bear when he came to try to eat at at the sheep. He's, 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 he's David. When David went to go to Goliath, I can't use Saul armor. I need to know God for myself. The Bible says the armor was too big for Saul. That's why I can't use your anointing. It has to be authentically mine. Come on here. I can't use your armor. I got to use the one God gave me. He took the armor off and all he needed was the truth that was girded around him that had three smooth rocks in it. And he destroyed Goliath because he walked in his truth, his anointing, his truth, that's important for us. He rehearsed to Goliath all the things that God had already did. And it's in that he found the opportunity to win in this test and trial. It is so important for us to remind ourselves 
what he did, because that is a testimony to the trial that we currently in, that I seen a storm bigger than this. And if this is the best you got, you might as well keep blowing hard. Come on here. Don't you start, man. <laughs> Don't you start. <laughs> yes, God. And I ain't gonna prolong this time, but I'm telling you right now, brother, I meet you there where you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say this to you. His stripes still work, and I'm gonna leave it at that. It still work. The they blood still stop. work. And that's why he becomes our everything. It, it becomes so important to the concept of leadership that I can't, I, I, I'm telling you, I told the superintendent when I met with him about coming here. Now, remember, you want me there. It comes with my God. Mm -hmm. I'm not separating him. So think about that before. I'm going to do it my way. And you got to understand that I'm not being led by you because I got to answer to a whole nother gentleman. Come on and here. when I stand in, in the mirror and I stand in prayer and I get down on my knees, I want to hear that man say, well done, my good and faithful servant. But if I lead with the conviction of that experience, I will always lead his people to the promised land. I'll always get them there. I will always move in a place. Yes, some days I'm broken. Some days I'm wobbling to that finish line because it is a struggle. We do go through trials. We do go through tribulations. The storm will get the best of us. We will bend over. That tree will be bent clean over, but it won't break because that didn't break me. And this trial didn't break me. And being unconscious for 10 days didn't break me. So surely this storm won't break me either. And the rehearsal, this is why he said, guard it in your heart and meditate on his word day and night. Meditate on what God has already done for you. The meditation reminds me that even when I'm in a trial and I'm getting to my lowest point, I can always remember what God was and still is and what he's capable of doing. And if you did it before, he'll do it again. Y'all, I'm here. I'm just quiet. <laughs> Just in case y'all thought. And but I'm, tell you, I'm not yelling. I just love God. And if you listen, I trust me, ain't nobody worried. I love God. You ain't I, yelling. I, I talk about him all day long. I'm Come okay on here. That. That's a topic I can talk about. Come on, listen. I was reminded when you just said the song they used to say, uh, this is dressing up room down here. Yes, sir. Got to go to heaven from down here. Down here. <laughs> Now, you also, your second one, I'm changing up only because we talked about servant leadership, and I think that everybody listening can agree that you've laid that thing plain, right? As they used to say on Love Jones, you broke that thing down so it can consistently or forever be broke, okay? <laughs> Just up because I feel this is so fitting for you when this is what the Spirit is leading me to ask and say. Servant leader Benny Bolden, what do you want your legacy to be? I see those two little faces that you love on. I see those young men and women that I watch them in the admiration of you as I walk the halls of NIMS Middle School. What do you want your legacy to be? There's a quote, you know, I watch a lot of Disney movies uh, because they got little kids. And I think it's in Mulan, he said, a man that hasn't prepared his child for death isn't a man at all. Come on. And um, though I'm watching it, as a father with his daughters on movie night, that thing punched me in the head every day. And that thought process and this reason why it came to my mind even now, it's because just like Jesus, we have an assignment to do. And what I don't wanna ever do is not fulfill my assignment. 
and my assignment is from birth unto death um, in preparing people, not only for my coming, but for my departure. All of that is in process. It's the process of the Christianity faith. It is developing people on the way. It's spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ all the way until the day that I go to sleep. I know that's not finite, but it's, it's that moment. It is that graduation moment. It's that thing that I have to do alone. But if I had not prepared the individuals that were coming behind me, then I wasn't a man at all. I wasn't a leader at all. If I haven't prepared people behind me for the leadership role that I'm in or aspire to be, then I'm not a leader at all. It's that same concept. Take it from the man's perspective and put it into the leadership. If I have not prepared other people to lead, then I'm not a leader. I'm not a leader at all. My legacy must be that I reach back. I didn't forget where I came from. I remember walking. I remember holes in my shoe. I remember sleeping in park benches. I remember being homeless. Today, people see me and say, you're a principal. You drive a Mercedes, Benz, a huge house, you got a pool. I remember being poor. You remember what my thing is today. I remember being poor. And that drives me to continue on in this facet of building foundational faith and tools for the people that comes by me. There's a scripture that says you need to leave a, a, a wealth uh, uh, inheritance for your children's children. That thought process is not just my biological children. It is the very kids that or the people that are connected to me. My assistant principals, my dean, my teachers, my custodians, my paraprofessionals, my students, all of them. What inheritance are you leaving behind? That has to be, become paramount to the idea of your leadership. If you leave a job and they glad you gone, you wasn't a leader. If you leave a job and they celebrating you and they miss you because of what you left behind, you have completed your assignment. In other words, you have left them with a hunger and thirst for more. Even though your season has come to an end, that hunger and thirst drives them for more. And if they can't get it from you anymore, it drives them to the point of development that they must become and walk in the very likeness that you once walked in. Because you left the ingredients of who God is there for them to develop into what they feel like they're missing. The other thing to that is you can't become their idol. So sometimes God will have you there for a season and then move you. Smith Wigginsworth is one of the greatest individuals in the old, not in the Testament, but um, back in the day in terms of the works that he did for God and miracles and signs and wonders. I used to read a lot of his books. And I remember I was reading in one text, it talks about how uh, people began to look at him as if he was God and he was getting ready to go out to minister. And he said, God, I don't want to do this anymore because they're no longer seeing you. They see me. Mm. The book says he died in the pulpit that night. I don't want to get to the point that my leadership causes me to have to abort where even like Elijah, he sat down and said, I'm ready to go. I want to be able to do my assignment and keep fulfilling my assignment. I don't want to be like Moses and say, even though you led the people, you won't ever go into the promised land because you made this mistake. That's the fear that I have. The inheritance that I want is to leave a trail that these bones shall live. And that they don't see me, but God moved me. Let me do my assignment and then move on. 
I live by the thought process. I leave you with this. Never miss the uh, opportunity to advance in life, even if it means leaving someone behind. Mm-hmm. Leave them with the tools, but keep going. My brother, my brother. <laughs> I, I truly want to thank you. I do. Um, I know what your servant leadership plate looks like. But I truly want to thank you for it, y'all. It was, yeah, no problem. It was almost like a grain of salt. Yeah, I got you. No problem. Win? Okay. And I just thank you for always just for your leadership back when you were at God be with me, um, transcending and moving now to just greater, better things. You have the God touch. People talk about the Midas touch. You have the God touch. And I'm just enjoying and, and, and floored and proud to watch it and everything manifest from the prayers that you've prayed over there and abroad. So I just thank you so much for being here and coming on and making us better. Because I I know for a fact you made me better. And I'm pretty sure everybody that's chiming off in this comment section, uh, once they get off the floor, they <laughs> the same way. <laughs> I do have to say this, um, and I and in you don't need this, but I have to say it anyway. And, and as long as I've known you, you have never been the person that need to be celebrated. You walk in your own truth, and I love that about you. But I want people to know you were like this from the very day I met you. Walking in your truth, being a beacon of light for others. This is not a cliche that she does and turn on the video and become this individual. This is who she lives. This is who she is. And I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, working at Gavi, there's some days that it tries the very inner Holy Ghost mm. down in you. And that's the day that you will walk by, coach, and challenge us to be better in prayer, to pray for these babies. Um, you will walk in student services that moment um, and challenge us all to be better Christians, to be better people. And it's that scripture that talks about iron chopping iron. And I think that's what this is all about. I learned so much from your leadership, um, not just with the girls in basketball, but in the classroom, um, in your role, and your expectation for greater, for the very people around you. Um, and you challenge people to be better. That is definitely your legacy. And you're living in it, you're walking in it, and God is getting the glory out of it. This is just the beginning. Um, this is going to open up a whole nother door because you continue to be the very servant leader that God not only trusts, but he can also use. So I thank God for you. I, I really mean it. I watch a lot. I'm, I'm a watcher. I don't always talk. People say I can talk, but I watch more than I talk. I, walk, I ride in my car in silence so I can watch people. And you have never wavered in or changed. And I thank God for you and the gift that you are to the body of Christ and just to me and the very, very people that you serve each and every day. So keep being that leader, and I thank God for you. To God be the glory. I appreciate you that. I, I appreciate you for that, my brother. I do. I really, really do. So, of course, as the old folks would say, all hearts and minds clear. <laughs> uh, if you lead us out in prayer, I really appreciate it, my brother. Gracious and kind, Father, we thank you for this opportunity. I hope today that, God, people don't see me and Coach. They see you. They hear you. Push us, God, to be better, better fishermen of men, better people 
in this society, in this world to show forth your glory, the expectation of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, God, that we fulfill, we become oracles of your word and of your gospel. We walk in the truth. Cover us, fortify us. Now, God, as we leave your, your, this place, but never your presence, I pray, God, that you watch over us, protect us, keep us, and guide us. Keep our people safe. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen again. My favorite line of the podcast, servant leader, Benny Bolden, you are now a part of the servant leader family. <laughs> I appreciate you so much, brother. I really do. And you already know if there's anything I can ever do, I'm only one call away. Appreciate you. God bless for you. For sure. All right. We thank you guys for listening and we're going to see you guys next time.